please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Hey guys, we're on the monorail, getting ready for my favorite holiday, Halloween. Yeah, look at all these hero and villain costumes. Heroes? Dude, these are, I, all I see are villains around us. Alex, what are you talking about? That guy's dressed as Woody. But he's so skinny, classic villain. That lady's like Verna Felton, she's the fairy godmother. She's so old, villain. And that pudgy baby dressed as Olaf? Those baby teeth look pretty sharp. That can only mean one thing. Villain. I give up. You're the villain, Alex. Hey, you can't say that. Welcome to episode 228 of the Dis His Podcast. I'm your host, Alex. And I'm Chris. Today, we'll be giving the his on Cinderella Castle Mystery Tour. Like every week, we're recording live for our group troop. They're all there, all 835 of them. And they're watching us live as we go through this podcast because we miss some stuff. We mess some things up. We do some side jokes that don't make it to the podcast. And those can be heard in our cutting room floor tracks that get uploaded with the episodes that come out on Sunday. That's right. Two days earlier, if you're a group troop member, you listen to the episodes two days earlier than the masses. Along with that, you can also be a new poster on our blog, which you can get to the blog through our link tree. You can find a link tree in all our social media. Please go to our social media if you haven't already and like and follow us. Maybe comment on some uh, Instagram posts. That'd be very nice. And from there, you can get our link tree, take us to our T public where we sell merchandise. And from there, of course, you can get to our Patreon where we have a Patreon, just like every other podcast in the world. But not like every other podcast in the world. We give good content. That's right. And we do monthly giveaways, which we have a giveaway today. So we if do. you joined recently, we added you to our list. And uh, we're going to do a giveaway uh, today. What are um, we giving away, Alex? We're giving away a Oogie Boogie ornament. So it's that a mixture disgusting. between. You don't have boogie the, wipes? The, uh, the guy from the, the, the potato sack from Nightmare Before Christmas. Never mind. Yes. Got it. Yes. Uh, the man who lives in the moon. Um, right. Yes. Uh, it's a great mixture between Halloween and Christmas because it's a Halloween themed item. I don't know. It's a debate. Nightmare of Christmas. Is it a Halloween movie? Is it a Christmas movie? I think it's October through December movie. That's for sure. That's fair. Um, but before we get any further, I'd like to introduce our guest today. And maybe you heard him last week, so maybe you're tired of voice, but, you know, who, whatever. Email the podcast if you are. And our guest this week is RJ. Hello, happy Halloween greetings to you all. Thank you for coming on, RJ. And RJ, actually, he came up with this idea for this episode, something he's been asking us to do. And so I was like, well, you want to do it, then you write the history. So he was like, fine, I will. And he did. <laughs> and um, this is one of the first times that I haven't personally had a touch in the history. I read his history and I said, you know what? Hands clean, this is all good. I'm not even, I'm going to edit a single thing. Today we'll have RJ on and he's actually going to read the history as well. So I'm here, but he's going to read the history for us. Uh, Chris, do we have any emails? Yeah, we do. Uh, I keep bringing this woman's name up 
because she's commenting all the time on our uh, on our Spotify. So shout out to you, Heather. Heather shot us an email and said that um, she wanted to send a separate than the something separate than the polls. Said we're doing a great job. Wanted to give us a few suggestions for future episodes. We love suggestions. Love them. We want to we want to give you guys a history of what you guys want to hear. That's right. So uh, she would like to hear the history of more villains, wouldn't we all? Oh. So we did have that villain series, but I, you know what? The, the villains that was so popular that we should sprinkle some in throughout the throughout the rest of the year instead of waiting to do like another series or something so definitely something we might move up to the front of the line here uh, instead of uh wait to do it in the, in the future so if you so, had to do a villain chris what villain would you want to do next i think we have to do scar I think we have to do Scar because if we don't, Ryan will uh, never listen to the <laughs> podcast. Ryan, no, Ryan. I would argue. Yeah. Does Ryan think Scar is a villain or does he think Mufasa is the villain of the film? Oh, you might have to have him on to discuss. Now, Heather goes on to say that she thinks the backstories are so interesting of characters, especially ones on villains. Yeah, yeah. totally agree with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and to end this, uh, she also wants to hear more things about Animal Kingdom. Which, uh, Funny you mentioned that, Chris. Um, <laughs> since we did just do a history on an Animal Kingdom attraction that just released, probably released before Heather sent the email. However, once this episode releases, the most recent Thursday post I'll have made on Instagram will be our throwback Thursday on some classic Animal Kingdom episodes. So I'm going to have an entire list of all of the big Animal Kingdom episodes that we've had in the past to celebrate our new Kali River Rapids episode. So Heather, if you want to see some more Animal Kingdom history before we get to some new ones, you can go back to some of our old episodes by looking at that Instagram post. There we go. And she wraps up the email. And you know, what? I want to do this new thing here on, on the podcast. We all we made this joke in the beginning, but it's actually turned into people do this. They send us what they had for lunch or breakfast or dinner that day. Let's do a rating very quick, quick rating of of these listeners meals. Heather had chicken teriyaki for lunch. Ooh. Now, in my opinion, in my opinion, this is a this is a very solid lunch. Very it's an solid. exotic lunch because not just like a sandwich. You're going you go to maybe a Chinese food takeout or maybe whoa. a dining whoa. restaurant. Whoa. Are you assuming that she lives in America? Oh, that's true. What well, if she lives in she Asia? Then it's not exotic. It's just takeout, I guess. It's, it's not just Chinese normal. takeout. It's just normal. <laughs> to me, it's exotic. I'm yes. going to give this meal an 8.2 out of 10 for lunch, for sure. 8.2, solid. Going to keep you full for a couple hours. Because yeah. Chinese food never keeps it's you dense. full for a long time. It's dense. But it's, yeah, it is dense, solid, exotic. 8.2 out of 10 for me. Alex is, du- is stumped. He has no idea what to rate chicken well, teriyaki. I thought you would call on me or RJ. I just figured you'd chime in. It wasn't okay. anything real formal. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I don't know if RJ's ever had chicken teriyaki. That's you true. Know I don't eat. I don't really eat food. So. <laughs> Such a weird comment. Uh, I love chicken teriyaki. Um, so, you know, you gave it an 8.5, which I think is a good score. 8.2. 8.2. 8. 8. Sorry, 8.2. This, this is for lunch. We have, we're giving it a lunch score, not a dinner score. Okay, okay. Uh, but score. I love lunch specials. The lunch okay. specials are my favorite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know me. All right. Yep. Can I save money? Yes, please. Mm, yeah. I love lunch specials. So uh, teriyaki chicken, though not my go-to when I get Chinese, I'm going to give it a 7.5. So that's a strong score. And RJ, what says you? Um, th- I'm sure the taste is quite nice. I'm um, sure no, it is. <laughs> I've had chicken teriyaki. Chicken teriyaki is good. I'm going to give it a solid 7.9 out of 10. Now let's get to the his on chicken teriyaki. <laughs> now, chicken Chris, teriyaki I, was I did invented bring up instagram earlier i actually do have an instagram memory to share as well it's this really beautiful oh, beautiful memory actually that uh was submitted by christy uh she said uh, so the question that i put for our memories monday was what is your favorite memory at disney's animal kingdom again to kind of promote our collie river rapids episode and christy said uh 
that their papa passed away in October of 2021, and one of his favorite movies was Avatar. And so Christie's family goes to Disney every December, and then when they went in December of 2021, they went to the world of Pandora, and they had a really sweet moment remembering him. So such a that's beautiful, awesome. beautiful memory. Yeah, that's awesome because um, there's that that Disney always just brings back the magic for you. Well, there's nostalgia, memories of of a uh, loved one. It's uh, Disney does that for you. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. That's, that was pretty cool. Yeah, and yeah. If y'all want to keep submitting some memories on Instagram. Read them on the show here. Maybe we'll even do a giveaway. Randomly select one. I can give away a signed photo of Chris Yob signed by yours truly. Mail that over. Oh, yeah. So, who knows? We'll that'd see. Be pretty, pretty. That'd be a, a, like an exotic, like a chicken teriyaki lunch. <laughs> Back to the episode we're doing, even though we have all this cool stuff we're talking about. Um, Cinderella Castle Mystery Tour. It was a walkthrough attraction at Tokyo Disneyland. It involved guests being guided by a cast member through the depths of a park's Cinderella Castle as they faced off against terrifying iterations of Disney villains and as such is considered one of the scariest attractions ever created by Disney. Uh, Chris, have you heard of this before? Because I know I haven't. Uh, the only reason I knew of it is because for the past three years, RJ has been begging <laughs> us to do it. <laughs> no, seriously, like, that is the only time I've ever heard of it. And now I, I'm so intrigued to learn about it because... Just hearing him talk to us about it sounds super interesting. When you guys mentioned you were getting ready for some spooky episodes, I know you've done Extraterrestrial Alien Encounter, easily one of the scariest things Disney's ever made. You've also done Superstar Limo, absolutely one of the scariest things Disney's ever made. And this <laughs> one is definitely a lot less mainstream than both of yeah. those. Yeah, and usually I'm I'm like, you know, I want to do international park stuff, but I'm afraid it's hard because... None of us ever travel international to Disney, but RJ is so adamant about doing this and he did the history. I imagine he knows everything he needs to know about this. So it's like he's been there and I've said it. You watch a YouTube video about it. You've been, you've practically seen it. You've practically smelled the air. You've so been there. Yeah. You've been there. So, you know, I think this is going to be good enough. Um, but I have to learn Japanese for this. Perfect. <laughs> Origato. Pokemon. <laughs> RJ, anything, anything you can tell the guests about it really fast before we get to the history. Yeah, so Cinderella Castle Mystery Tour is, or it was, a tour through, as the name implied, Cinderella Castle in Tokyo Disneyland. Tokyo Disneyland was really designed to imitate and be significantly based on Walt Disney World and Disneyland in the United States since it was the first international Disney park, but it's very different than what you would expect from a traditional Disney attraction. It's absolutely terrifying, and we'll get into why and what that involved. Very nice. Spooky, scary skeletons and shivers down your spine. Shrieking skulls will shock your soul and seal your doom night. Spooky, scary skeletons speak with such a screech. You'll shake and shudder in surprise when you hear these zombies shriek. Let's get to his on Cinderella Castle Mystery Tour. A spooky, scary skeleton shouts startling shrilly screams. They'll sneak on there's a couple of girls and just won't leave you be. The Walt Disney Company of the early 1980s was a company in desperate need of a path forward. Walt Disney had died over a decade ago and since his death, the company had suffered a significant creative drought. 
The original idea following Walt's death was a phrase that is now iconic to Disney fans who know the tumultuous nature of the company at this time. What would Walt do? This mindset threatened to destroy the creative vision of the company, and after massive failures in Disney's film division in the 1970s, the company was determined to expand upon the theme park sector instead in the coming decade in an attempt to recoup its losses. With two parks in the United States between Disneyland and Disney World's Magic Kingdom, and a third on the way in Epcot, the company decided to turn to overseas parks and started work on Tokyo Disneyland, an idea that had been floating around since the 1950s. After successful negotiations with Japan's Oriental Land Company, it was decided that this new park would be jointly owned and operated by the two companies. Many aspects of the park were carbon copies of Disneyland and Walt Disney World, and this included Cinderella Castle from the Magic Kingdom which was nearly identical to the Walt Disney World version. There was a significant exception, though. Where character dining restaurant King Stefan's Banquet Hall, now known as Cinderella's Royal Table, stood in the Florida iteration, it was instead closed off by a pair of imposing-looking doors in the Tokyo Park's opening day on April 15, 1983. Despite the massive success of Tokyo Disneyland upon its opening, those doors would remain sealed for three more years. So why do you think, um, why do you think they just didn't replicate it exactly? Did they just try to be a little bit too adventurous here? Um, I don't know, a little confused because Cinderella's Royal Table is like a really cool restaurant because you're, you know, you're eating inside the castle. My thought process is I'm going to imagine quite a bit of it probably had to do with the Oriental Land Company. They probably wanted something really unique for this new park. If it's the same thing as what you saw in the United States of America, then... It doesn't feel special, it doesn't feel unique, and it doesn't offer anything in line with the Japanese culture. It's something that we would see years later with the opening of Shanghai Disneyland, how Disney really wanted to incorporate the culture of the country that it was located in. And although that wasn't as significant in parks like Hong Kong and all the way back in Tokyo, there was still some need to incorporate the culture. And so something unique that incorporated the culture was probably forefront in the minds of the Imagineers. That, that makes sense. It's just confusing to me because they just they, they get a carbon copy of the same castle. That's the only two parks that have a carbon copy of the same, uh, you know, uh, what do you call them? Icons, park icons. Um, just odd to me. Cool, because I guess they thought, let's copy this, but make it different a little bit. Um, I love, love, love. And we I've talked about this when we had our uh, castle episodes. I love the different iterations of the castles. I like when they take their own spin on it. Yeah. Uh, wish they would have taken their own spin on it uh, visually instead of the physical like, in internals of it. But uh, hey, whatever, I guess. It, they, it, it sounds like they had a roaring success with, with the mystery tour. So I guess they did it for a reason. Yeah, because you really did see how good they are at doing this stuff when they opened Disney Sea, which is its own thing, completely different than any other park in the world, considered one of the best parks in the world. Uh, so they're not copying anything for Disney Sea. Uh, so it really shows you that they are capable of making unique things that are really, really good. Uh, I bet you this was pretty good for its time. Probably, maybe it's a, maybe it was ahead of its time. Maybe that was the issue. I mean, I think one might argue, too, if you do something too well, going back to extraterrestrial alien encounter, they did that so well that you had children crying and sobbing. You had adults <laughs> crying yeah. and sobbing. I mean, clearly I think that it's was in the wrong place. To do too well. I, I agree. Wrong place, wrong time. If that was in Hollywood Studios, it would have been fine. 
Probably. Or definitely yeah, I Universal, think you're right. it would have been fine. I'm not oh, sure yeah. about Hollywood Studios because even then, Disney World is more geared towards families. Not Tower of Ta Terror. Tower of Terror is pretty terrifying. Yeah, not Tower of Terror. There's nothing pleasant or exciting or happy about Tower of Terror. Like, it's a pretty scary ride. There's a but dead child in that ride. But with That's Tower true. of Terror, you don't feel violated. You feel violated. You I do. Violated. When I scream like a little girl, people laugh at me. I feel violated. Well, that, that, that might be an Alex problem. <laughs> <laughs> and back then, they didn't even have seatbelts on uh, Tower of Terror. That's true. That's true. I remember growing up, my friend had a family photo of them doing it, and they're like, he's like midair, like flying. And it's like, it's it was so much fun. I was like, I'm never going on that. The real pixie dust at Disney World. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, whoa, Tinkerbell was there too? Holy crap. It's, but for the three of us who live in America, it is kind of hard to make assumptions about the uh, design and functionality of the castle in Tokyo because it's like, like you brought up, RJ, like totally different culture. Um, what they're gearing their park towards is something that might not necessarily do well in the United States because it's just total cultural difference. You mean like that bear? Humphrey yeah, the that bear? bear? No, what? We're talking about Humphrey the bear? Um, no. Humphrey the bear. Uh, Dumpsy? Duffy. Duffy oh. the bear. Yeah, no, Duffy I don't mess with bear. Duffy the bear. Humphrey's where it's at. <laughs> Humphrey. Yeah, Humphrey the bear. He's posted pictures of him before. Yeah, my, my, he wants my, to do my history Humphrey on the bear. Him. You don't know Humphrey the Bear? He's from, is he the mounted head in Country no, Bear? No, he's, one of the, he's from the Humphrey the Bear cartoons with um, Woodlock, his buddy Woodlock. Yeah, his buddy Woodlock. Oh, Woodlock. Oh, you should have just led with Woodlock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Humphrey yeah. the Bear. Humphrey the Bear. Throughout the three years between the opening of Tokyo Disneyland and the unveiling of Cinderella Castle Mystery Tour, Imagineers were hard at work in conjunction with the Oriental Land Company to create an entirely unique attraction at the center of the park. The team decided to combine an iconic piece of Disney lore, its villains, with a classic piece of Japanese culture, the ghost houses. Japanese ghost houses differ significantly from American haunted houses, in the sense that the haunted thrills experienced by an American audience usually revolve around jump scares and immediate reactions to startling, unexpected, fearful scenarios. Japanese ghost houses, on the other hand, tap into feelings of uneasiness and anxiety. These experiences involve a noticeable lack of immediate scares, but instead build up the sphere with scary settings and a gradual increase in the terrifying nature of the setting one is in. As such, Imagineers decided to incorporate three of the scariest Disney villains into the attraction to build up the sphere as guests encountered each of them. These villains were the Evil Queen from 1937's Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, Chernabog from 1940's Fantasia, and Maleficent from 1959's Sleeping Beauty. Meanwhile, at Walt Disney Animation, animators were hard at work on the 25th film in the Disney animated canon, The Black Cauldron. The history behind this film is rich and also tumultuous, but suffice to say that it would ultimately become one of the darkest and most terrifying animated films ever made by Disney. Imagineers felt that including the film's villain, the Horned King, into the Cinderella Castle mystery tour would not only fit thematically, but would also help to promote the company's animation division whose future was looking grimmer with each passing year. However, because this film was such a financial failure, context to its story had to be shoehorned into the attraction. Due to a sudden lack of space in the castle itself, the attraction was built underground. With all the Disney films finally added in to the completed walkthrough, it was officially opened to guests on July 11, 1986. For more history on The Evil Queen, you can listen to episode 213 of the Diz's podcast. 
And you can listen to episode 208 of the This Is Podcast for history on Maleficent. So interesting about the, um, what are they, Japanese ghost houses. Um, I don't know. That's kind of that's kind of even scarier than jump scares. I feel like a gradual buildup of 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 scariness and anxiety. Like just that sounds tormenting. Sounds like life. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. Perfect place to uh, what what better place than to um, than to put like a Japanese ghost house in Disney World? You know? Yeah, it's pretty interesting. I, perfect I fit. Don't know how scary it would have been, but I think it would have been fun to walk through for sure. And it's. It's a walkthrough, right? It says walkthrough. It is a walkthrough, and we'll talk about it. It's a guided tour walkthrough, so mm-hmm. it's kind yeah. of like a combination mm. of I'm trying to think of a, like a guided tour and a walkthrough. It's like a combination of Jungle Cruise with the live person guiding you through, and yeah. the beginning of the uh, Enchanted Tales with Belle at Walt Disney World. It's it's interesting because that's what Disney first wanted things to do would be mm-hmm. a walkthrough. Haunted Mansion. And a lot Haunted Mansion. A lot of things were going to be a walkthrough. And then they're like, this is not going to work. We have to figure out something else. Hence, they invented the Omnimovers. But um, it's interesting they went ahead with the walkthrough and didn't. I guess it would have been hard to put a ride inside the castle. Mm-hmm. So they just yeah, for they sure. couldn't do anything else. They had to do a walkthrough. So they actually but originally I, announced that it was going to be a ride. But then I think they really realized. I don't know if when they said ride, they were talking about this and classifying it as a ride or if they soon realized that's that a, they would not be able to put a ride in there i would call it an attraction i would agree right um but it's very interesting that they added these uh these villains the evil queens you know uh, middle of ascent like we talked about in history past how terrifying they are when you really think about it especially maleficent uh you know his, her slender form Evil Queen Wait, is even terrifying. Thin people. Yeah, why? Nothing. Just that's her characteristic. One of her characteristics is her slender form. It's a weird comment to make after how terrifying she is. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Cruella Deville had the same slender form as well. Was, for some reason they thought it was terrifying. They used it over and over and over. So let me ask you this: You're talking about these terrifying the villains, and <laughs> this is what 1986. If 1986 right. onwards, right? Because they didn't have the Renaissance to pull from or anything like that. You were mm-hmm. to choose four villains to focus on in a new iteration of the mystery tour, but you can only use villains from 1986 onwards. Who do you choose as your four? Ursula. Oh, that's a great question. Yeah, I'd say Ursula as well. Ursula mm-hmm. is a great choice. Um, Hades. See, I Hades say Facilier. Hades. I, think, I think Hades is too funny for this. No. Um, I oh, guess. If we're, if we're going for pure scares, uh, I'm not, not favoritism, then... Um, Dr. Facilier is a good one. Yeah, he is a good one. Oh, Gothel, yeah, Mother sure. Gothels might be kind of scary. Ta- oh, yeah, she when she lose when she turns into an old lady. Yeah, sure. Bob Chapek probably. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh man, a newer a newer scary one. I don't know. Disney hasn't newer... done many villains lately. No, not any. No. Real... Now that new well. movie's coming out soon. That's gonna have a villain. Wish. Um. Wish. Uh, so I'm wondering if, and it's it's a, a male villain, which they don't do very often. Oh, Jafar. Either. Speaking of male Jafar. villains. Jafar would be a really good one. Yeah. Yeah, um, Jafar would Disney. be good. Jafar I gotta would be good. Google Disney villains to see which ones um, came out. Yes. Gaston wouldn't no. be menacing. No. You don't want to go with Clayton. He's boring. Like Hans. Like, that's not a good one. Bowler not the one for Hunchback. Bowler hat guy. Oh, Frollo would Sean, be pretty scary, actually. Sean Yu? What'd you say about me? Yeah. 
<laughs> he is pretty scary when you think about it. Think, he has sharp teeth and everything. Yeah. So we're finding out today that Alex is scared of people who are slender, people who are old, and people who have sharp teeth. So yeah. the villains, so here, the villains after 19, I have a list. The villains after 1986 are Ursula Jafar, Scar, Hades, and Dr. Facilier. And yeah, then we there's, hit, we hit all there's recurring members. There's, oh, like Flotsam and Jetsam. It's like all like the second Iago, Gaston, um, Frollo, Governor Ratcliffe, Pain yeah. and Panic, Fades. Who? Fades. You mean the Fur- uh, no, Furies? Fates. Fates. It's the three. That's right, because they combine the, the Furies and the Fates from Greek mythology. Yeah. Sean, you Clayton, Subor, Yzma, Kronk. Oh, Yzma. Oh, Dr. Yzma. Jumba. <laughs> you're just walking through this dark pathway and then there's just like this guy in front of you like this big, welcome to my lair what about Scroop from treasure planet oh, Scro- yeah that's a that's a He's very pretty good actually that movie tamatoa got a giant crab mm. going after you emperor zerg yeah we didn't think about um lotso these are all horrible <laughs> yeah Stick with the original for sure. Chernobog is a great villain. Chernobog when you think, is when you think about terrifying. It. Oh my god, he is Lord. great. That's a great. That's a great decision, Chernobog. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I was just telling my wife that I need to watch the Black Cauldron. Have you not seen it? I've never seen it. You, Chris, have you seen it? I've never seen it. Oh, no, it's it's a time. I remember when I was like real, real young. Uh, we were at the library, my sister. And we see all these Disney VHSs, and we'd watch Great Mouse Detective, I don't know how many times, mm-hmm. and we see the Black Cauldron. They were like, ooh, Disney, let's watch it. We take home the old VHS or whatever and watch it. My word, was that terrifying. I mean, that was, it's a spooky, spooky movie. For also yeah. the first animated Disney film to not have any songs in it, in the animated canon, of course. Mm. Oh, and it did not do very well either. It did not. That would be a fun history for us to do at some point down the road. Mm-hmm, for sure but yeah i need to watch it i guess i'll probably wait for my daughter because she might be too scared of it oh yeah def- she's definitely too young right now so uh. there's this thing called the 13 reflections of evil mm-hmm. and it's a disney villain group made for the epcot pin trading event okay. uh, for september of 2013 just want to go over these real quick and uh if you could pick one of these people to be in the in the castle chernabog maleficent the evil queen jafar ursula Corella Deville, Doctor Facilier, Hades, Scar, Captain Hook, Queen of Hearts, Gaston, and Oogie Boogie. I think Oogie Boogie would be a fun Ooh, one. For the, Oogie uh, Boogie would be good. Yeah, Oogie Boogie would be a fun one. I think Oogie Boogie and Doctor Facilier would be really cool together. I think, I think those are a good combo for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like a that is the uh, the all stars, if you will. And it's interesting how many of those were also in the old Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom attraction and going with the combining uh, yeah. classic disney villains yeah there's really no wrong answer i think that you could you could spin this anyway uh like you could you could get scary with some of these even goofier people um the like uh hades traveling somewhere into the afterworld it's uh, kind of terrifying and if hades is at the helm of that uh you can make it a little scary now the thing i find the most odd about this is why did they think it was a good idea to put villains in the Cinderella castle. Oh, the ghost houses. I guess they wanted something that would really speak to something that's a part of Japanese culture. That's the only thing I can think of. And they were like, oh, this is something that we know that's Japanese. It feels very misguided, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, they saw Haunted, they saw success with Haunted Mansion in Disneyland and Disney World. Yeah, both of them. 
And uh, so why not just open up a actual Japanese ghost house? Why put it in the castle? Just kind of weird to me. You have something that's magical and whimsical, and then you put these, this in there. It's it's odd. Mm-hmm. I agree. I am just now realizing how old Tokyo Disneyland is. Yeah, it's pretty old. It's older I did than not me. realize. I did not realize it's older than me. Yeah, it's older than all of us. That's. I did not realize how old that Tokyo Disneyland is. I. Mm-hmm. I really. I mean, I know I, we talked about Tokyo Disneyland before in the past. But I just never clicked in my head that it's older than I am. And I, I mean, I said it earlier, but I'll reiterate it. I think this is definitely out of its time. If they did this now, it would be it would be celebrated if they did this now. Oh, absolutely. If they did this now right, in Disney World, people would line up so long to go on this thing. And you yeah, know, like when right. they announced the potential villain land for a blue sky idea for Beyond Frontierland, yeah. think about how popular that People was. People love the idea. Yeah. I love the, the idea. Mm-hmm. The Tragic Kingdom. I think. Mm-hmm. I think. Uh, oh, we've talked about before. We already talked about villains. We talked about how much people love villains now. '86. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it, people love villains like they did back then. There wasn't a lot. There wasn't a lot to love. Yeah, that's right. There I wasn't mean, that many. The biggest villains were like the butler from the Aristocats and the Heffalumps and Woozles <laughs> beyond the four that we've mentioned. Yeah. Not so, great. So definitely in the, in the you know, since then, the 30 years since then, or 40 years, because it's older than me, but it's uh, definitely, villains have definitely taken control. And I think this, this today would have been a, I think if they just kept around, it would have came back around and become... A staple for Disneyland Tokyo. Now, you say that now. They may have had to edit it a bit, as you'll learn about in our next history. The attraction experience was performed entirely in Japanese, and unlike most attractions at the park, the only English included was on a sign at the end of the experience. The queue for the attraction was quite unremarkable and was located directly within the outdoor portion of Cinderella Castle. When the next tour was about to start, a cast member would open the pair of large wooden doors and beckon guests inside. As the group entered the castle's lobby, the guide would explain that the tour would take guests through the various rooms of Cinderella Castle. Before the tour, though, five paintings on the wall of such Disney protagonists as Cinderella, Pinocchio, Aurora, Snow White, and Tarin were pointed out to the guests. As the guide explained the good deeds of these heroes, the magic mirror appeared on the wall and stated his distaste for the stories constantly putting down the villains and diminishing their power. The paintings then changed to reveal the corresponding villains for each of the heroes, namely Lady Tremaine, Stromboli, Maleficent, the Evil Queen, and the Horned King, as the magic mirror explained that no hero is complete without their villain. The mirror then opened a secret door, challenging guests to prove themselves against the villains in the underground dungeons of the castle. The guide cautiously led guests through this passageway, past a prison and into the laboratory of the Evil Queen, where a recipe for poison apples was visible. As a potion brewed, a crow cawed from its perch, and the shadow of the queen could be seen in the back of the laboratory. Guests were then let down a passageway with suits of armor and swinging axes before approaching a screen showing Chernabog summoning the spirits of the dead atop Bald Mountain. Guests were led around a corner and could see water flowing everywhere. Maleficent's goons appeared in the water and the walls around the room and threatened the guests. The guide quickly led guests out of this area only to send them towards Maleficent's hideout on the Forbidden Mountain. Maleficent would send down lightning bolts and thorns towards the guests, who were then sent down another passageway towards a skull and crossbones that spoke of horrifying terrors ahead. The next room featured a sleeping dragon amidst treasures, but guests escaped it through a lift controlled by a goon. As the elevator carried guests up the castle, 
it soon opened into a room full of tapestries depicting the story of the Black Cauldron. The magic mirror then appeared and showed another secret room, this time leading to a large animatronic of the Horned King summoning the undead cauldron born with the Black Cauldron. One child was chosen to carry the Sword of Light to defeat the Horned King. Meanwhile, the animatronic would state such terrifying things as the devil's servants go and capture them and throw them into the cauldron. Don't leave anyone behind. The Black Cauldron wants more bodies. I swear to the death. Well, the magic mirror stated that the cauldron was waiting to swallow the guests whole. As the Horned King started to awake the cauldron born, the guide directed the chosen guest to use the Sword of Light, which would send a blast of light towards the Horned King. The cauldron would go dark and the animatronic would disappear. An exit door would appear and the young guest would then be presented with a special hero medal, a sign proclaiming that good conquers evil was seen as guests exited the dark depths of the castle. I love the interaction with a, with a guest that kind of it's, uh, it reminds me of like, uh, I think the only other attraction that does this as far as I know is um, Star Tours. Yeah, and Enchanted Tales with Belle does it. Um, Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor does it. Yeah, yeah, but um, I never. What, what do they do in Enchanted uh, Tales with Belle? Oh, the guests play the different characters in the story with Belle in the. Um, uh, I've never, library. I've never been to that attraction. It's, oh, it's, I've seen, it's interesting. I've, yeah, I've seen a video of the portal opening, which is mm -hmm. makes me want to do it just for that. The special um, effects are good, but then you're just going to be sitting there in your seat, cringing and just feeling insanely awkward that as a grown man you're there. Yeah, yourself. I'll wait till I have kids. Yeah, yeah it's, good, it's a good kids. idea. It's a good, it's <laughs> a good idea. <laughs> um, do love the the interaction because it makes it a little less scary because it is sounds terrifying. But to have a kid defeat the Horned King, well, I think would give confidence to the other kids that are there too. Like, oh, cool. You know, that kid just did it. We're, we're going to be saved or whatever. Especially <laughs> since all the kids were told that they were about to be killed. Like, literally, they were told word for word, you're going to be fed <laughs> to the Black Cauldron in the front of the room. Yeah, yeah. Magic Mirror wanted some action, too. This is yes, true. Yes, it did. Yeah, yeah, which doesn't... You can't be eaten by a mirror. I guess well, that's the, the mirror, least terrifying thing. The mirror was threatening them with the Black Cauldron. Dude, I'm looking at know. an image of the Horn King animatronic. It's pretty scary when you think about it. Like, if it's you're a kid... It's terrifying. If you're a kid going yeah. on this thing, it yeah. is pretty terrifying. Because for sure. It's worth noting, too, and we'll talk about this with quick fire, quick facts. You talk about something terrifying like Alien Encounter... That was, what, five or six minutes max? This was 16 minutes that the kids were walking through the dark, seeing all these terrifying things and being told that they were about to be killed. Yeah. No, pretty terrifying when you think about it, for sure. Especially uh, other reason why this movie is, is actually a scary movie, The Black Cauldron. Just that, that villain itself is scary, and then the magic mirror. Um, but it's definitely, like, that... W I don't think, like, as an adult, I wouldn't be scared, but it would be entertaining. I mean, it would definitely be something yeah. fun to go on. For sure. Like, no looking doubt. At, looking at a picture of the Horn King, I wonder how they came up with that name for him. Who knows? Well, yeah. he was from the original Chronicles of Prudane series. So that's where the entire Black Cauldron story was derived from. Is he always a Horned King? Uh, well, he or was originally he just a king. And then uh, he, I believe he gave into the power of the Black Cauldron and became like undead. And then he became the Horned King, as I recall. And it's been about a year and a half since I've seen the movie. And it's, Kind of forgettable, with the exception of the fear, of course. <laughs> yeah. I do want to watch this. It sounds like a good Halloween type movie, so I, I, I do want to check this out. Um, just haven't, haven't, wasn't high up on my list. I'll say that much. That is entirely fair. 
You know, a villain we kind of forgot about is Stromboli. He, he is quite a villain from Pinocchio. Mm, but, like, with Pinocchio, he's more of a side villain. Like, the main villain is, of course, Honest John. But I think the scariest villain out of all of them, the coachman, is terrifying. Mm, that's true. Like, kidnapping the- children to turn them into donkeys. I think Sarsaparilla yeah. is the scariest villain in Pinocchio. <laughs> is it Sarsaparilla or Root Beer? It's Root Beer. Yeah. It's Root Beer. Terrifying. I, I haven't drank Root Beer since. <laughs> That's why you drink Sassabilla, right? Yeah, I thought you were trying to name um, Alameda Slim from Home on the Range, everybody's <laughs> no. favorite villain. Yeah, I for- we forgot about him. Oh, what a guy. Randy Quaid? Trying to <laughs> we, for- we, for- we, forgot- <laughs> we forgot all about him. We should watch that for uh, for a Halloween movie, Home on the Buck Range. Cluck? Buck Cluck's terrifying. Up Cluck? No, Buck Cluck. Buck- who's Buck Cluck? Uh, the dad of Chicken Little. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I haven't seen that one in a long time. Wow. You're not missing anything. <laughs> I loved that movie when I was younger. So imagine you're going through this dark passageway. You've just seen reflections in the water of these beasts. You've seen a dragon animatronic that literally looks like it's about to wake up if you watch the video. All in the dark. And then you mm-hmm. get loaded into this tiny elevator with the rest of the group. You're probably wondering what on earth is going to happen. And then you just get, yeah. and after all this terrifying climactic stuff, you get into a room that was literally just built to explain the story of the Black Cauldron because nobody <laughs> saw the movie. It's <laughs> funny. I, I don't know. I, well, we'll get into it more in the in the next in the next history of how long this lasted. Uh, I just can't help but wonder. Like we've been saying the whole episode so far, is would this have been successful today? Um, I think they still would have had to tone down the fear factor probably yeah i would think so because even they even like scary adventures with uh snow white has been toned down over the years now it's snow white's enchanted wish over in right. um, disneyland and it's not they, even they, they, in orlando anymore yeah they to- they ch- changed the name and everything so i don't know i don't know it, uh, i guess there was a reason why it went away but <sighs> what what's scary in disney world anymore haunted mansion for a second maybe the prices yeah, <laughs> my my daughter won't go to Haunted Mansion because it's so scary. Trying to it, think it's definitely it's definitely oh. definitely creepy and eerie. Tower of Terror too. You're talking about um, Tom Sawyer Island. You get into the cave where like the pirates are laughing. Oh, I didn't I didn't know. I've never been on Tom Sawyer. Oh, Island. dude, I never love Tom Sawyer. Too, no. have you, you haven't been to Tom Sawyer Island? No, I don't nope. like getting wet. Oh, so we need to do like the history to... on Tom Sawyer Island. I love Tom Sawyer Island. I would love to do the history on it because there's a very rich history on it. I know there is. I read the whole book last before I went last time. Great book. We, we should we should do the history of the um, I don't even know what to call it. The place that sells food there like three times oh, a year. Oh, uh, uh, Polly's. Yeah, yeah, that's open like literally like a week every year. We'll do a whole history series on useless and things that I want to do history on that nobody else cares about. <laughs> so, so this year for. Uh, what does RJ want to do history on? Hall of Presidents, part seven. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. We'll, we'll do a new Hall of Presidents Please, each no. time there's a new president. Yeah. <laughs> Guests who entered the attraction expected a magical princess-themed tour of Cinderella Castle due to the attraction's name and its introduction, and were often shocked by the actual experience presented, especially since there was literally no warning at all about the actual nature of the attraction posted outside of it. Despite reactions that ranged from lukewarm to downright horrified, the attraction remained open for 20 years, likely due to the lack of possible replacements for such a small footprint in the park and the low cost of upkeep. 
it officially closed its doors on April 5th, 2006, and every guest in attendance on the attraction that day received a special hero medal. Although a specific reason for the attraction's closure is not publicly known, it is likely due to a combination of its scary nature for young guests and its low capacity. Some even believe that the attraction would have had to been dismantled and rebuilt to ensure that Cinderella Castle met new earthquake prevention guidelines in Japan that were released a year later. The tour would be replaced by Cinderella's Fairy Tale Hall, a much brighter and more princess-based walkthrough tour that finally carries through on the original promise made to guests at the beginning of the mystery tour. Despite now being a piece of Disney history, the Cinderella Castle Mystery Tour is truly a fascinating and unique piece of Imagineering history incomparable to anything else ever made by Disney. That is so funny that they were not, they were not saying at all what the ride was. <laughs> I know! Like, Alien Encounter has terror in the name. Cinderella Castle Tour! Yeah, like, oh my gosh, imagine all the girls that were dressed up as princesses that went on that ride. Thinking that you're about to go on a Cinderella <laughs> castle tour, and it's like, uh, gotcha. You're about to die. Literally telling these little like girls in the princess costume that they're about to die. Now, in all fairness, the sign said Cinderella castle tour, but it had all the villains on it. I guess. So I guess. And I guess if you're all reading the map, you read a description, and it doesn't say like a whimsical adventure through. It says probably like a terrifying journey through the yeah. the depths of the dungeons of Cinderella's castle or whatever. If, if you um, ask anyone who works at the parks, though, a lot of guests are so clueless. They'll ask when the three o'clock parade is. Like I, <laughs> I I'm not surprised. That's guests that's have a good no point. clue. It's like all the parents who will put on Sausage Party for their kids thinking it's just a wholesome animation movie. <laughs> and then come in halfway and be like, what is happening here? Yes, disclaimer, if you are a parent at home, do not let your kids watch Sausage Party. I, I don't even feel comfortable watching that movie. <laughs> and don't let them watch The Black Cauldron either until they're older. <laughs> no. Yeah, definitely disclaimer on that for sure. Uh, reach out to us if you want us to uh, let us let you guys know what your children should or should not watch. We've probably done the his on it. Um, <laughs> uh, return yeah. to us. <laughs> See, Return to Oz. That was a scary one. Maybe that should have just been the whole attraction, just Return to Oz. That would have been terrifying. I think that's my my answer for them, instead of the four villains. Um, I think for maybe the poll question this week, uh, if you could add one villain to the to the four, who would you choose? It could be from any era, uh, old or new. I think that'd be a fun poll question. Um, so yeah, so if you if, so head over to Spotify if you want to answer that question this week. If you're listening to this. Head over to Spotify. If you're not listening on Spotify, just head over and vote. Just give us a vote. It's fun and it's free and you'll get a shout out if it's a good answer. As you'll get a shout out if you answer, actually. We're, <laughs> we're still 100%. So 20 years, that's a long time. That was a long time. For Dis long time. On Disney standards, it's a very... It, you, so 20 years, you're either... Um, like to, to pass that, you got to be like a day one attraction or a staple um, with a cult following. There's no other attraction that's going to last 20 years. Every every ride. I mean, look at look at um the great movie ride was such a beloved attraction. They closed that to re to revamp it because it's, just, it's time it's it's time had come, you know. So Disney's just always about change, and that was one of Walt's um Walt's Ten Commandments was progress with everything. Now there's an exception for those like you know, Peter Pan's flight and um. Uh, <laughs> small uh, world haunted mansion small world castle magic Progress. kingdom there there are rides that will never go away um but there's you know so 20 years is a very very long time so it must have been 
it must have done well because or they were I just mean, like we're not going to shut down the castle for this long <laughs> unless we're absolutely sure chris keep in mind triceratops spins also been around for like 20 years it it yeah but it but it did yeah yeah but that was at but that was at animal kingdom that wasn't at disneyland this, this was in the castle like this is inside the castle and they kept it there for that long mm-hmm. like the, so that's what i'm saying like it must have it must i would love to interview we should have had someone come on that did it i wonder if anyone went there the next year for cinderella's fairy tale hall and thought it was scary mm. Thought it was just a just a, rein, a reinvention of the old one and they're like hey where's the villains what's happening here <laughs> oh it's building up it's one of those it's one of those japanese ghost houses it's gonna build up and then at the end <laughs> i just the villains know, never came i want to know what happened to the horn king animatronic <laughs> like oh, yeah. is it just sitting in some guy's like garage right now dude that'd be crazy Use it as a halloween decoration i wonder if it was like repurposed because you know how a lot of them are uh are repurposed so I don't want to plug uh, a random thing, but I'm going to plug a random thing because I'm going to watch this tonight. Defunct Land. I love that YouTube channel. Oh, yes. Ever they, Defunct they, Land? I actually, actually, I can plug it for you because I watched it. please. So Defunct Land has a great 20-minute documentary on the history of Cinderella Castle Mystery Tour. I used it as a major source as I was oh, writing the history okay. here. And it really helped to guide me because there is not a ton of information on this other than yeah. the walkthrough. And they found a lot of really good information that you really have to dig deep to find anywhere else. Yeah, it's hard to do research on Asian-based uh, attractions, I find. I've seen Paris, for whatever reason, has a lot more history than Shanghai, Hong Kong, and Tokyo. Yeah. Okay, I have an answer. What was yeah, the what question? Was the question? <laughs> About the Horn King animatronic. Oh. Oh, where is it now? Yeah. I, I, okay, go you ahead. Say, Alex, Horn King animatronic, where is he now? Click to <laughs> Where is? Yeah. It's just him grown up with a family. So the attraction closed in 2006, right? And the animatronic yes. has not been seen, been used, or seen by guests since its closure. So there's your answer. That's, that's so not, wondrous. That's not life. a good answer at all. Yeah. Um, so there's your answer. It has not. <laughs> that's not an answer. It's, so what I'm hearing is it's been released to the world, and it's somewhere out there no, it's closure. waiting to come after us. Maybe it's probably like in like a rant, like a Montana haunted house. Like I bet you, like they, they I bet you, like a haunted house out in Montana. Oh, found like they bought it on eBay and are now. Uh, That's a very expensive shipping fee. <laughs> if, if we say the Horn King's name three times, will he appear? <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to try to find Horn out. King, Horn King. Horn King. No. Oh, no. All right. So RJ's gone. He's not with us anymore. I definitely. If this is around, I definitely would go on it. Oh, it sounds insane. I, I would wait. I would wait an hour for this so the video that i saw the walkthrough is of these american tourists going through the attraction and they can't understand a lot about what the guide is saying so they're just like whispering commentating on how strange it is and how odd it is compared to so many other things disney's made it really is unique. yeah because it is interesting because when you watch ride throughs like um monsters inc attraction ride over there it's in English for the most part. Most of the rides uh, so, like had an English and a Japanese component. Yeah, so it is interesting that they decided this. I mean, I guess it makes sense because you're having a you having a person walk you through it, and it's a lot harder to find someone who speaks. I mean, probably not impo- that hard for them because it's a lot of people do speak it, but it is would be difficult to make sure you have someone trained in Japanese and English to do it simultaneously at the same time. You know, you could have two people, one doing one, one doing the other, but you know. You're in Japan. Just suck it up and learn Japanese. 
I, there, we are not the only people who are wondering what happened to this animatronic. I am doing very deep research. Hey, and if anybody knows, over the internet. Uh, reach out to us at dizhispod at gmail.com. Or if you are yes, the horny animatronic, we'd love to get your email as well. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they probably just threw it away. No, they probably, like someone said in the chat, they probably uh, took it apart and repurposed it as a new character. Quick fire, quick facts. Let's go. This is one of only two usages of the Black Cauldron in Disney Park. The other was at a quick service restaurant at Walt Disney World that was originally named after Gurji, but is now known as the Friar's Nook. Uh, fun fact, actually sad fact, Friar's Nook, I guess it's a, a, a slow fire, slow fact. Friar's Nook used to have, now they have tater tot stuff, like uh, top tater tot bowls. They used to have mac and cheese bowls there. I don't know if anybody remembers this. That's where I first discovered barbecue chicken um, macaroni and cheese bowls. Uh, it's pronounced Gurgi as a heads up. Thank you. <laughs> they were delicious. Now I, I put barbecue sauce on my mac and cheese a lot because of that. Oh, okay. The idea of fighting off multiple Disney villains would later be used as a basis of Walt Disney World's now-defunct Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom. The design of the Magic Mirror was intentionally meant to evoke classical Japanese masks, but an American actor was used to portray the role, as the Imagineers still wanted it to clearly be the same mirror seen in the original Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs film. At 16 minutes in length, the Cinderella Castle Mystery Tour was one of the longest attractions at Tokyo Disneyland. A horrifying walk around a horrifying walk-around character of the Magic Mirror was created to promote the attraction in the park. Look it up. Please look it up. The attraction appears in the final stage of a Disneyland Tokyo Super Nintendo video game. So there's your answer of what, hap what would happen if Disney never made Omniverse and all walkthroughs. Every ride would be super long. Oh, yeah. 16 minutes. You know, like if this is Omniverse, it'd probably cut that time maybe in half. Uh, so thank God for Omniverse. That's for sure. But I'm going to look up this picture really fast, and then we can comment about it. It's um, an experience. I, I know. I feel like. <laughs> okay, so I've looked up this image now. And this, is, <laughs> this is preposterous. I'm going to have to post a photo of this on Instagram next week. Dude, please make a meme for it, because he has a meme face for sure. Me when what, Alex what? tells me I can write the history. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Dude, I can't imagine seeing that walk around. That's so funny. What a weird idea. We hear Diz His think Cinderella Castle Mystery Tour was a truly unique Disney attraction. Nothing like it had ever before or ever would again be created by the company. Its terrifying nature seems odd to, we to modern Western audiences, but understanding the context in which it was created truly helps to shed light on the fascinating experience that makes use of one of the oddest and least remembered films of Disney animated canon. for magical experience? Look no further than Three Chicky Chicks, a Disney-themed candle company that will transport you to your favorite childhood memories. Three Cheeky Chicks offers wax melts, candles, diffuser oils, and room sprays, all available on MagicallyScented.com. And the best part? You can use the code DizHiz20 at checkout to receive 20% off your purchase. Immerse yourself in the world of Disney with scents like Polyjuice Potion, which is orange and mulled fruit blended with oak and patchouli on a base of sugared berries. Or try Once Upon a Dream, a magical blend of pears, peaches, and wild red berries mixed with water lily, apple blossoms, 
Tier Flowers, and Jasmine, the base of vanilla orchard, sandalwood, coconut milk, and chiffon musk. And don't forget the official Diz His scent, created exclusively for fans of the Diz His podcast. Three cheeky chicks candles, wax melts, and diffusers make the perfect gift for any Disney lover. So visit MagicalScented.com today and use the code DizHis20 for 20% off your purchase. Three cheeky chicks, where every scent tells a story. Disney Cruise on Vacation. Go to sandpipervacations.com today. Check us out streaming on award-winning Disney streaming site Sorcerer Radio on Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time or catch us again at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Sorcerer Radio is an amazing 24-7 Disney radio. Just visit srsounds.com or download the Sorcerer Radio app. Hey guys, want to hear something cool? Do you want to be part of the Goof Troop? Our Goof Troop is the best, and a way to help support the show. You get access to our wonderful giveaways, Discord chat, and you can join for only $2 a month. In our Discord chat, you can interact with the hosts and some of our great members. There are Disney-themed games in our chat, streams from the park, we have a special Spotify playlist. Overall, we just have a lot of fun. You also get access to our live shows, which can sometimes be a little crazy. Once again, help support the show for as low as $2 a month, and join the Goof Troop. Just go to dizhiz.com, and on top, there's a link. All right, so we're going to do the giveaway that we've been building up. And thank you, everybody who's a Patreon member. So if you're higher than $2 tier, you're entered in the drawing. And of course, this was, we're doing the drawing on the 18th. So you had to be in a Patreon by the 17th. And we're giving away a Hallmark Tim Burton's Night Before Christmas 30th Anniversary Oogie Boogie Musical Ornament with Light in Motion. That's a lot of adjectives. It's, it's nice. It's a nice ornament. It's a very nice ornament. Uh really wish I was I had had one in my house. I might have to buy one after we get this shipped to where it ends to go. But we're going to go away and do that giveaway, and we're going to do a duck race. That's right, Chris. Actually, we're not doing a duck race. We're doing a Santa Claus race. Uh, wanted to do what? wanted to do a Halloween race, but all I could find was the Santa Claus race. So there'll be a Santa Claus race. I'm shuffling. Uh, <clears throat> so our Discord, who are entered into uh, to win this. Uh, 15 seconds on the timer. Three, two, one. Whoa, whoa, we got Rudolph in the lead. That was whoa. unexpected. Who's Rudolph? Oh my gosh, Jared from, know, Jared. Hey. Jared won? Yes. My man Jared. Wow. Jared came Big sprinting. Country. I don't know if you guys saw that, but Jared came sprinting from the back. Wow, that's awesome. That I was, can't believe that. That, was a, um, that was an impressive come from behind win. Congratulations, Jared. Um, I think I have your address. If not, I will get it from you. And we're going to send that to you directly from Amazon. So I don't have to ship it. That's right. Uh, congratulations. Mm -hmm. Here's that's a really, really cool ornament. Really happy. You've been with us for a long time. So uh, really happy that you were able to take this home today. Everybody else, thank you so much for your support. We are looking forward to giving away lots and lots more. Uh, I want to do another semi big giveaway for the holidays this year. And remember last year I gave away 
like seven different things on our Christmas week episode. If you remember that, Alex, mm-hmm. it was like a twenty dollars gift card. Even we had Starbucks gift card. Even <laughs> yeah, just looking around everywhere. But yeah, I, I was giving away a bunch of stuffs. Well, congratulations, Jared. And hey, if you want to be entered in the giveaways, make sure you're a Patreon member. Uh, you gotta be higher than a two dollar tier, though. Higher than two dollars, which is five dollars a month. Pretty good deal, if you may say so myself. Yeah, that was awesome. That was um, that was very intense, actually. That was remarkable. So next week on Diz His, we will have Sarah from the No New Friends podcast. She'll be joining us to do a deep dive in the history of Coco, the Pixar animated film. Looking very forward to that. I've done some history and it's very fascinating. If you can't get enough of us, me either. Join our Patreon. I'm still a Patreon member. That's why I said me either. Head over to our link tree, which is literally in all the bios of our episodes, all the descriptions of our episodes, all the bios of our social media, which is Diz His Pod on Instagram, Facebook, trying to get unsuspended on Twitter. Seriously, I have no idea what I did, but we are very much suspended. I have never been more politically correct and family friendly on this account, and we got suspended. So I have no idea. Maybe I shouldn't have been. Uh, but you can follow us at Diz His Pod on everything else. Please check out our Instagram at Diz His Pod. Uh, RJ's been doing a really great job with keeping that up to date uh, with polls and uh, throwback thursdays and memory mondays and all these really cool things we want your engagement uh, but if you do become a patreon member that enables you to write on our official dishes blog it enters you into our future giveaways if you're a five dollar tier or up it also lets you watch us do this live which is a lot of fun we record for over an hour and a half and only four like 49 to 59 minutes gets into the episode so if you want to hear all the uh the banter and everything definitely highly recommend that that's how i got hooked on Diz his when i was just listening a long long time ago in a galaxy far far away that's right if we we do this for almost two hours but usually the episode ends up being an hour even if we're trying not to be an hour we usually like last week i thought it was gonna be over an hour but it was only an hour after i edited it down and i'm not trying to make it an hour i'm not editing things out that don't need to be there i'm just editing out things that don't need to be in the episode they just can't be there or can't be there that's right which you know we do have the uh cutting room floor uh not safe for work title sometimes if we have to. Yeah, so and don't forget game nights as well. Game nights, that's true. We do game nights that's as well, right. which are run by normally RJ and Ryan. And last but certainly not least, if you liked what you heard from RJ, he has his own podcast. Go check him out at Cases of Continuity, where each season he breaks down the continuity of a certain franchise, a book, a movie, a TV show. This season he's doing James Bond. I don't care if you like James Bond or not. Try it out because if you like filmmaking and the nitty gritty behind the movies are made, you're going to love the podcast. Not a big fan of James Bond myself. Big fan of Case of Continuity. You can find that streaming everywhere. Thank you, Chris. Of course. Yeah, RJ, thanks for coming on again. And uh, we'll definitely have you on here again soon. Thank you. No, thanks for inviting me, y'all. That's the his on Cinderella Castle Mystery Tour. I'm Alex. I'm Chris. I'm RJ. Thanks for listening and have a magical week. 